This is the biggest lie that's happening in our culture right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of This is a Woman podcast, and I have such an amazing guest for you all today. She is an amazing lady. She is an inspiration to so many people, so many people older than her, younger than her, even to myself. I'm so honored to call her a great friend, and she has a powerful story to share with you all. She started college in 2014 at the University of New Hampshire. And when she started college, she was kind of, she had walked away from her faith a little bit and she was very pro-choice. And by the time she ended school, she was um, back to her faith and having a relationship with Jesus and she had become pro-life and she's going to share that story with you all today. She is just killing it up in DC. She works in DC or she works for the March for Life. So many of you will probably recognize her or know her if you're familiar with the March for Life. She's the girl with the curly hair as her Instagram um, bio says. But with all that being said, I'm so excited to introduce you all to my guest, Erin Getz. And Erin, we're so happy to have you and have you as our first guest on This is a Woman podcast. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Sophia. <laughs> yes. And Erin, I'm so grateful that she's my first guest, one, because we've just gone through about 30 minutes of technical difficulties, and she's been a trooper through it all. And also, she is a great friend of mine. I'm so glad that I get to work with her on different events um, here in California, as well as that I can call her a friend. And she is an amazing woman. She is a powerhouse. And that's why I want her on here today to share with you all kind of about experiences she's gone through in life. And as I mentioned earlier, when Erin started college in 2014, she was pro-choice. And by the time she graduated, not was she just pro-life, she was strongly pro-life and had strong pro-life convictions. And we often see that kind of goes the other way nowadays. People will go to college and lose their convictions, lose their morals, kind of stop following truth and just follow what they're told either by professors or friends. And so, Erin, I'm so proud of you that it went the opposite way for you. And can you share with us a little bit about that experience? Absolutely. Um it was, it was definitely a wild ride, I'll say that. So I started off, uh, well, I was raised Catholic, um, grew up with those, um, you know, that structure of the church and everything, but I didn't really accept Jesus into my life until later on in college. Um, and I went to college, a, a larger state school in New Hampshire, University of New Hampshire, um, really uh, with lots of goals of, you know, living that worldly life. I, I joined Greek life. I did the whole thing. And I thought that that would be fulfilling for me. And it was anything but. Um, and I, I kind of had an existential crisis um, where I, I hit a rock bottom. And um, thankfully, uh, my wonderful mother kind of uh, showed me this book called The Prayer of Jabez. And that kind of started um, my return back to faith um, and just praying and having consistent prayer life. And slowly but surely over a couple of years, so this was my sophomore year, I came back to the church and I came back to um, 
faith. And I actually took Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior and had a relationship with him. So in that um, time, I was, you know, before coming back to the faith, I was very much pro-abortion. I was surrounded by that on my college campus because uh, I think that's pretty common <laughs> that we see, especially at these state schools. And I was a political science major, so you can be rest assured that these debates are happening regularly in the classroom um, and even just in the political science department um, in the hallways and whatnot. But, um, and I had the pleasure of also going to New Hampshire during the 2016 presidential election. So it was very much top of mind while I was at school. Um, so after uh, I had my conversion, I started to see a bunch of Christians who were actively engaged in the pro-life movement and it just really didn't make sense to me. And I didn't think it aligned at first with what the gospel is teaching. And I was, for all the reasons that I was pro-abortion, it was because I was pro-women. I wanted what was best for women. Um, and I thought that uh, to be pro-choice was to be pro-woman. And I soon, soon learned that that was not the case. Um, and through that curiosity, and I think really it was a prompting of the Holy Spirit to look into this more and why so many Christians were um, professing this pro-life message and so uh, I look into it myself because I had no peers around me who were pro-life or even willing to have a discussion about it because it was just such a strong um, anti-life culture on that campus. And I, I looked into various different resources. Um, and I think the most poignant for me was uh, these videos that live action made mm -hmm. that depict what an abortion actually is in, in every um, type of procedure, abortion procedure that there is. Um, and when I saw an actual abortion procedure happening, um, I had to change my mind. I recognized that that child in the womb is a child, it's a human being, and it has rights, inalienable rights from the moment of conception. And so it was through those videos and the research that I was um, doing on my own that I really changed my mind. So this was now halfway through my senior year in college um, I'm, I'm now an, an active, you know, Catholic Christian, and now I have these pro-life views. And at first, I was very scared to be publicly pro-life. It, it is kind of scary when, especially when you used to be pro-abortion and people knew that uh, about your life. And I, I, was, I was quite scared. And I came down to D.C. at first to just work in the trade association world. I lobbied for a little while on some transportation, trade topics, stuff like that. But the Lord just kept putting on my heart this fire for the pro-life movement. And I think that fire really stems from when you have been lied to by an entire culture about what a baby is and what abortion actually does to women, it does something to ignite a fire in you because you have to share the truth with everyone. This is the biggest lie that's happening in our culture right now that abortion is, is, is not murdered. Abortion is is something that is good for women, it's a lie. And when you learn that lie and you, and you learn what the actual truth is, you don't have a choice but to share it. And so I just had this fire building up within me and slowly but surely the Lord just really put it on my heart to work full time for the pro-life movement. And um, I actually only went to my very first March for Life in 2020. Um, and I was honestly scared to go. And I was surrounded by thousands, a sea of thousands of pro-lifers who were just so joyful, so on fire, and just loved women and children. And you could just, you could just feel 
um, the support and the excitement around the movement that day. And it really built up my courage to be publicly pro-life. And just a year later is actually when I uh, got offered the job at the March for Life as the director of the State March Program. And um, in God's providence, actually, it was only a week after I was offered the job that the Supreme Court decided to take up the Dobbs decision. So this was May of 2021. Um, so at that moment, I just, I knew God, something had, he had something in store for the State March Program, for my life, for the pro-life movement. And uh, it's just, it's still kind of mind-blowing to me that um, almost like three years after changing my mind, I'm not just actively pro-life, but I'm working for a national pro-life organization. But God does really crazy things with our lives if you give up to him. So um, that's, that's kind of how I got into the pro-life movement. And it's just been the most enormous blessing to work with amazing people like yourself, Sophia, um, and all the wonderful people around the country who are just so on fire for this mission. I love that. And it's such a testimony to how good God is. And also when you follow his calling for you, when you follow um, his biblical truth, that he's going to open the doors. And I think, like you said, for it went so quickly from you being pro-choice to pro-life, then all of a sudden working for the March for Life. So not even just a pro-life organization, the March for Life where you said thousands of people go to DC and now it's statewide. And so when Mm -hmm. you started at the March for Life, there was only, how many state marches was it for your first year? So uh, technically there was just the one uh, Virginia March for Life that had already been started in 2019 by my predecessor. And when I came on in 2021, it was still in the midst of lots of COVID lockdowns and restrictions. And they, the, the organization did try to do a California March for Life and a Pennsylvania March for Life in 2020. But because of the COVID pandemic, those um, attempts were um, moved forward. So when I came on my first year, we did three state marches. This year, um, we just finished, I think, four in the spring, and now we'll have another four in the fall. So eight marches this year and definitely many more in the next year to come. <laughs> That's amazing. And being that I'm here in California and I get to kind of help with the California March for Life side, there's a lot of work that go into these marches. And the fact that you guys are up to eight is amazing. And so everyone be praying for Erin because she is busy, busy, busy working with all these different states and different time zones and everything, but she's killing it. Um, What I love about your story is how you really focus on that. Yes, it was your faith that helped you change from pro-choice to pro-life, but you also kind of made it sound that it's just reality. You just saw what abortion is. And so for these people, what do you have to say to these people that say, well, stop pushing your religion on me. Stop pushing your faith on me when it comes to the um, life issue. I would say the life issue is a, it's a matter of fact in the first place um, about recognizing when life begins and there is overwhelming agreement when life begins. 96, I think, percent of biologists agree that life begins at conception. And that's, that's not a religious you know, you know, point that people are putting out there. That's science. That's fact. I would say my faith really prompted me and inspired me to look more into what abortion actually is. You don't have to be a person of faith to recognize 
the dignity of the human person from the moment of conception. And, and, and it's, it takes, all it takes is a, a simple Google search to, lurk, to look into these things and to fact check what the abortion lobby is trying to push on us that a baby is just a clump of cells or um, you know, that at any point of um, gestation that it's okay to have an abortion. No, you can look into these things and fact check for yourself what makes that different than any other issue that we care about look into it for yourself. It doesn't have to be just about religion. <laughs> yes, that's, you said it so well. I think even here in California, what I experience is similar things where people think it's just based off of my religious values. But like you said, that's what prompts it. But there's so much more to that. And what are some good um, sources you think people can go check out or look at when it comes to just the life topic, whether it's to see um, abortion videos, to learn how maybe to volunteer at places? What could you recommend for people? Absolutely. So I would say if you're looking for information about um, what abortion actually is, I would go to Live Action. They have a website called abortionprocedures.org. So those are the videos that I watched that changed my mind and they've revamped them, I think over the past couple of years and they're actually being um, narrated and described by OBGYNs who were former abortionists. So these are, these are medical doctors who know exactly what they're talking about. So that's really great source of information about what abortion is. Um, I know that Susan B. Anthony List and other organizations like it have great statistics on um, abortion and how the public views abortion. So I would go there. Um, for any information on that. And if you're looking to get involved, there's so many incredible organizations and it's just a matter of kind of knowing what your strength is. I know there's groups like Save the Storks that help to um, raise money for um, unexpected mothers and get them the information and, and resources that they need. Um, I, there's plenty of local pregnancy resource centers that could so use your time and resources to help women in your community directly. Um, with uh, anything that they need, whether that's from education or just, you know, doing a fundraiser to get diapers for these moms, anything like that. Those are all great places to start. And if you're just looking for an easy entrance and to get your feet in the water, one of the first things I did when I started to be more actively engaged in the pro-life movement, um, especially as a Christian, was um, participate in the 40 Days for Life campaign, where you are praying with a group of fellow Christians outside of an abortion clinic it's very peaceful. Um, you can just stand there and silently pray. Um, and it's a really great way to be one exposed to the reality of what's happening, but also to be built up by your fellow pro-lifers. Um, and just to be a witness to these people that um, it's, there's so many people here to support you. Um, and I found that to be a really great place for myself to start. So those are some really great resources that I would check out. Well, thank you for mentioning all those. I love that it wasn't, here's just a way to be against abortion. Here's, there's, like you said, there's so many resources, so many places out there on all different levels. If you want to get into like the legal ends of things, if you want to get into volunteering and like you said, um, donating diapers. And so I think that's beautiful that the pro-life movement really hits all the different aspects and cares about the mamas when they're pregnant and even once they have the babies. And um, something that really stuck with me, you mentioned when you're talking about your um, testimony and your story that you went from being pro-choice to being pro-life, but then there was still kind of a step in between of going from 
pro-life to vocally pro-life, but then you felt Mm -hmm. a lot of acceptance when you were. So what's a piece of advice you can give to any of the ladies listening, if they're maybe on that boat where they're pro-life, but they're scared to tell people they are, they're scared to be vocal and maybe you can walk them through going through that experience. Yeah. Um, I would say start engaging first within the pro-life movement um, and engaging with peers who are pro-life and getting built up by them and their wisdom and courage, because that's what built me up a lot. A lot of my fear in speaking out was because I did not have anyone around me um, growing up through college who were pro-life. So first and foremost, I didn't know what it looked like to be publicly pro-life. I didn't have an example of that in my life. So surrounding myself with people who have been doing this for years and who um, are able to express the pro-life message, particularly with compassion, was really important for me to engage. And then from there, you just got to take that leap of faith and step over the chicken line and share your heart for the pro-life movement. And that could just look like, you know, if it comes up in conversation with a peer, just saying, hey, like I support this and um, this is why, and, and maybe you should think about these questions. And I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't just immediately jump into really heated debates, like apologetics about pro-life, because frankly, I think the best conversations that I've had with peers and, and just people in general are the ones that have been founded from relationship first. So they get to know me, they get to know my values. And, you know, granted that can't always be the case, but I have found the most fruitful conversations to be from when people know that um, I, I'm a, a good person and I love the Lord and I support um, so, you know, various issues and, and whatnot that they might align with. And so it, it leads to more curiosity as to why I'm pro-life and it gives yourself kind of a bit more credibility with them and willingness to hear because they, they trust you. And so I have found that those are the best places to have those conversations and to just continue to educate yourself. Like there's always new information and staff and resources and things like that. You don't want to keep those as like weapons or tools in your belt to just like throw out, but have that in your back pocket. So when people come to you with questions about why pro-lifers believe this and why, um, you know, why is this happening? You have information for you. And that's, that's what I would say, generally speaking, is to get yourself around other pro-lifers, build up your courage, Um, have those examples of your life in your life of people being publicly and passionately pro-life and um, and just stepping over that chicken line and making sure that you're talking to people from a heart of love and not not um, adversity yeah that's amazing and so being in the pro-life movement as well myself maybe you can touch a little bit on this when someone decides to be pro-life and they decide to let people know they're pro-life, which it shouldn't even be a controversial thing to let people know you love the babies and love the mamas and want the best for them. (laughs) But it tends to be. So are they going to just get tons of support and love that they're pro-life or is it going to be a little different maybe on some levels and how can they get through that? Um, It's definitely going to be different. Um, I certainly had some peers, uh, who just completely dropped out of my life um, when they found out that I was pro-life. Um, I had some peers that not just dropped out of my life, but also um, attacked uh, me on social media um, and, and not even attacks that were necessarily about the issue, but were like ad hominem, like person attacks. 
um, on me. And um, I would say to that, the first thing that comes to mind is um, Jesus said, when they hate you, remember they hated me first. Mm. And um, that has been such a powerful message to me because when we are on the right path, when we are following what Jesus taught us to and to live the gospel truth, you are going to, you're going to experience attack and leaning on our Lord and leaning on your community who are believers, who are pro-life. And even if you're not a believer, like surrounding yourself with people who support you and love you, even if they disagree with you, is so powerful. I have several friends who do not agree with me about the pro-life issue, but they're there for me and support me and love me anyway. Um, and to keep those people in your circle is so, so important so that you don't feel alone. Um, and to keep your prayer life consistent if you are Christian, um, because that's where we're going to find the source of strength to get through those, um, those tepid, trepid waters where it's, <laughs> it can get really uh, uh, scary sometimes, but leaning on the Lord and remembering coming back to that, if they hated you, remember they hate me first. <laughs> and to know that the Lord has experienced that and I'm not alone in that experience is really powerful. Mm -hmm. It is powerful. And thank you for being so honest and truthful about what the experiences are. Like you said, you are going to feel the love and support from the pro-life community, but that doesn't mean there's not other people. And I think anyone that's in the pro-life world can tell you that they've unfortunately lost friends or peers in their life for this. But I love that you said that you have friends that have different values than you and you still love them and have friendships with them. And some of my closest mm -hmm. friends, we might not hold all the same values, but we love each other and we should all just be mature enough to not let that affect that. So I think it's beautiful that you are and you have friends in your life that are. And last little thing um, that just came to mind is the um, overturning of Roe v. Wade last year. So you um, work in DC, you work for the March for Life. What was that experience kind of like when the Dobbs decision dropped for you? So that was a very interesting day. And I think it kind of almost ties back to your last question in a way. So um, you were actually with me a couple of days before, Sophia. Um, we had the uh, second California March for Life. It was in Sacramento. So that was the Wednesday that week. And uh, I had some trouble getting back to DC and flights consistently getting canceled. <laughs> um, so I finally had a red eye back to DC that got me um, here that Friday morning, the day Dobbs uh, came out um, around 7 a.m. And so I, I went back to my house. I fell asleep after a really long night of travel. Um, and I woke up and my phone's just blowing up <laughs> uh, with like, Dobbs, Dobbs came out, Dobbs came out, Roe was overturned. Oh my goodness. And I'm still very exhausted and kind of delirious. So I, I thought I was like dreaming. <laughs> like is Roe really overturned? Um, so that was how I received the news. And it took me a while to come out after a lot of caffeine, um, to come out of that state and really say, oh my goodness, this is, this is real. Um, thank you, Jesus. And so it was, there was a lot of, uh, worship music playing in my house while that was happening. And unfortunately I couldn't take part in a lot of the celebrations that were happening by the Supreme court. Cause I had a, um, a friend's wedding up in Pittsburgh that evening. So I did have to drive all the way up. Um, but that day uh, was also a day of a lot of 
spiritual attack, um, which I don't think should shock anyone. Um, you know, the, the Supreme Court decision that allowed for 65 million and counting babies to lose their lives over the past near 50 years was just overturned. You can expect some spiritual attack happening, um, especially if you used to be pro-abortion. Um, and so that day, I, I think I had made a, po a post specifically targeted at our pro-life peers to say like, hey, um, you know, this is obviously a day of rejoicing, but we still need to love our, our friends who are not pro-life. We need to love them well because they're not going to receive the message of the pro-life movement if we are approaching them with hate and like gloating and all of that. So I made that post and basically my Facebook and Instagram just blew up. Um, people who knew me in high school and growing up and whatnot were just really upset. Obviously, it was a very emotional day, I think, for our entire country. Um, and just lots of spiritual attack was coming from the comment section basically on my social media and um so that was that was what that day marked but i think more importantly um i received an overwhelming amount of support from my friends from my peers from my colleagues um who saw the attack or maybe didn't even know about it but just like felt prompted by the holy spirit to reach out to me and say hey i know today is a really big day for you and it's probably a mixture of emotions both good and bad but I'm praying for you and I have never felt more uplifted by the body of Christ than that day um even though it's such like a a light but dark day I felt very uplifted by the body of Christ and it was just a moment of God has won the victory this day is a victory and he is on our side and there are more battles to come but today we will celebrate this victory so that was what my day looked like. It was a bit different from a lot of our pro-life friends in the movement, um, but it was it was definitely a day I will not not forget. <laughs> yes, yeah, it was an exciting day, and we're coming up now on the one year anniversary of it. And I think we've seen so many good things since that day. And but being here in California, and as you're familiar with California, we've seen hard things too. But we keep fighting because again. Like you mentioned, you everyone, you all heard it from Erin Gets herself. To be pro-life is to be pro-woman. So let's not forget that. And two quick last things. Me, I love coffee. So what is your favorite coffee order, Erin? I am a pretty straight shooter. I just get an Americano, no milk, nothing in it. I just give me this coffee black, but good coffee. I don't want the drip coffee from anywhere. <laughs> give me Americano. <laughs> that makes sense. Working in DC, I think you do just need the straight coffee. So love that. <laughs> and then last thing, Erin, um, I'm so grateful for having you on this podcast today. I think um, everything you had to say is going to be so encouraging to so many ladies. And I know there's guys out there listening too. So to all the fellas and, you know, boys, you can be pro-life and stand up for babies and learn from Aaron. And um, so thank you for being here today, Aaron. And what is a way that anyone that's listening that they can follow along either with you or your organization, maybe like a social media, what's the best way? Yeah, if you want to follow along with me, my um, best way to do that is on Instagram. My handle is Erin P. Getz. Um, so that's E-R-I-N-P-G-E-T-Z. Um, that's the best way to catch up with me. And if you want to follow along with what the March for Life is doing, that's at March for Life um, on Instagram. And we, I think it's the same on Twitter and Facebook. So that's the best way to keep up with the organization and the state marches. But um, would love to have you on, the, on my journey. <laughs>
Perfect. Well, and then I'll, for everyone listening or watching, I'll go ahead and put her Instagram and the March for Life Instagram on all the show notes and captions. So you guys will be able to follow along, but thanks so much for being here today, Erin. And I'm so glad you were my first guest. Thanks for having me. This is going to blow. <laughs>